Holy Mother Church says eat your parsley. Today is Monday, June 13th, 2022, time for episode 174 of the Barnhart Podcast. I think I've cleared out all the cobwebs and uh, dusted off all the dust, and I think I figured out, uh, I think we, yeah, I did start recording. Uh, it's been a little while since we've done this. <laughs> I feel a little well, rusty. Well, we, we, we lost each other, it seems, and thanks to St. Anthony, we've now found each other again, so. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I was right, and you are right where I left you, so. <laughs> Just like my watch and my keys and everything else. So. Well, it, it's been you long enough Anthony. since we've been trying to do this pod, this next episode for long enough that my notes actually start with Happy Feast of the Ascension. And then I just uh, I just did a strikeout on that and I said, okay, I mean, St. Anthony of Padua. I, I, I found the right feast day either way. Thank you, St. Anthony. <laughs> it was at first it was me. Um, we had a, we had a couple of waves off that were my fault. And then your life got very hectic, and this is this is the first time in a while. And um, as I said on the blog, th- thank you everybody for the angry emails telling us telling us how much you all missed us. We um, we do appreciate that because again, I can't re- reiterate this enough. Um, when we record these, this feels like me standing in my living room having a conversation with Super Nerd because that is exactly what it is. There isn't a sense of you know, like doing doing a show at all. So um, it's it's kind of easy to forget that there are, in fact, um, one or two people out there who are anxiously um, awaiting the next the next Barnhart podcast upload. So here we are. We we weren't fighting when nothing nothing like that. It's just you know people with lives and logistics and 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 you know in in your case, super nerd, you've been it's it's you've been struggling with with some things you know and well it's and, not so much um, struggling and it's not exactly um a state secret it just has to do with uh in family and elder care and it's just something that's very time consuming and um i i can't be at home to do that uh so fortunately i can work remotely and so i was able to to work you know most of the, the this time that we've been trying to connect on the podcast and then um, when you were available, I wasn't, so I, I literally wasn't even home. I was just doing, doing my work remotely and yeah, possibly theoretically we could have recorded, but that just logistically would not have worked very well. So it, it's, well, I mean, that's what you say, but really we all know you are in Tel Aviv checking in with headquarters. So and you got to blow my cover all the time. Don't you? <laughs> every time, every time, baby, we're all on to you. We know what you are. They finally, <laughs> they finally let the Americans come in, come in without, without the test, or at least if you come in through the right airports. Yeah, you blow my cover. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> gotta, gotta raise that blue and white flag. Hey, speaking of flags, tomorrow is is uh, in, the, in, in here in the United States or over in the United States, depending upon where I am, uh, is is uh, Flag Day. And uh, I, I've mentioned this on the podcast before that uh, one of the listeners donated a uh, flag of the Sacred Heart. It's uh, Advenia Rinium Tum is what's posted or, or on the um, on the flag itself. And I meant to send you a, a copy of the image. I tweeted that earlier today. 
about the availability. And I've been meaning to mention that. And I will put uh, an image of the flag and email address the person who, if you want to get these flags and, and display your uh, devotion to the Sacred Heart, you know, now is a good month to do it. And it's, uh, a, yeah. it's a much better flag than the popular one going around these days. Indeed. Uh, so that that's a good idea for, for June and for Flag Day and for the Feast of the Sacred Heart, which is Friday after this. So it'll be the... Let's see, this, this week is, is Corpus Christi. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, the day after that is Friday, but not that's not. Um, it's the Friday after that is it's the, the, is the after, sacred heart. Yeah. Sacred heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Awesome. All kinds. All kinds of great feasts in, in June. Yes. Yes. And it's you know this year they're getting they're getting worse and worse and worse about the sodomy and probably next year if if you know the world is still spinning and our Lord hasn't returned and. The Holy Ghost hasn't just burned the whole thing with fire. They're gonna, they're eventually gonna claim, you know, like June and July or all of summer or something like that. This is just just gonna keep going and going and going. They're gonna keep pushing and pushing. So, push back, start now, start now. Absolutely, it's 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 exactly what happened at the original Sodom and Gomorrah incident, where the the, the when when the people of Sodom went went to Lot's house and demanded that he bring out the two men who were staying with him. It wasn't because they necessarily, they, they didn't want to, the entire population didn't want to gang rape those two men. That's not what it was. They wanted those two men to um, ideologically ratify and conform publicly and, and give, the, they wanted the two men to publicly say that they approved of sodomy. And then, you know, they would have started an orgy and if, and preferably had the men participate in, in a, in an orgy with them. What they wanted is they wanted the men to approve of sodomy publicly, ideologically conform. And so that's exactly where we are again, where we are living the Sodom and Gomorrah episode, except um, I dare say that what's going on now is probably worse, I would have to think, than what was going on in Sodom with the drag queens and the children, and we don't need to get into lurid detail, but yeah, I think we are, we are absolutely reliving the days of Sodom, and I suspect very strongly that it's gonna end the same way. And in terms of active approval and demanding approval, that reminds me of a story that happened, I think, in the last week down in Tampa. The uh, Major League Baseball team down there, the Tampa Bay Rays, mm-hmm. formerly called the Devil Rays, and somebody thought that's not that, – that just sounds too spirity. It's like, no, there's a fish down there called Devil Ray. Anyway, um, they, they had a pride night, and five of the pitchers decided they weren't going to wear that uniform. They, were, they wore their regular their, their regular baseball cap that didn't have the, the rainbow yep. on it. Mm-hmm. They took the, the rainbow patch off their uniform, and they are catching – hate from every corner of the gay internet from people who didn't even know how to spell baseball or know what it was yep. are, are demanding these guys be fired and, and all kinds of other things yep. but no they're sticking to their guns and saying no we're Christians you know, we, we, we love every everybody but uh, the Bible is very clear on this we can, and we cannot ratify this so yep. good for them I, yep. I hope I hope uh, <laughs> I hope things work out for them but honestly you, you cannot pe- appease this this crowd so no, no, you have to be ready to lay it all down and, and walk away. And um, it's, it's, we're hurtling towards the point where you're just, 
you're not going to be able to do anything. And I've said this for years. It's eventually going to get to the point if this keeps going, and this is going to happen quickly, when just going outside in public, going anywhere, that sodomites are going to demand that they be able to engage openly on the streets, in shopping malls, and grocery stores, on the streets, out publicly, that they be permitted to engage in sodomitical acts. They do this in San Francisco, for example, at the Folsom Street Fair. This goes on in, in New Orleans, on, on Bourbon Street, that there are men doing things to each other. There were, there were even anecdotes that during the, like the, BL, the height of the BLM riots and so forth, and um, you know, the, what's the name of the kid, Kyle, who uh, defended himself and all that, that there, there's, I've seen things that they're, they're saying, look, look back in the blurry background of this, of this video clip. That's, that's a guy performing oral sex on another guy at right there on the street. They're the demonic manifestation. And what they want is that eventually you're not going to be able to go outside. You're going to, it'll be impossible to walk down the street or be in any sort of a public space because there's going to be sodomites literally going at it in public. That's what they want. That's what this is all hurtling towards. Um, and I'm sorry, but if you, if you don't see that and realize that and acknowledge that this is not only possible, but clearly what we're driving towards at this point, talk about normalcy bias good grief i'm i was talking to someone earlier today and talking about normalcy bias and i'm absolutely convinced that in these days one of one of the things that the that the holy ghost is helping people with um is helping them to shed normalcy bias and you know people who are close to the sacraments and who are quote unquote switched on and are on side um that you have to have the help of the holy ghost to resist the urge to to say to yourself and try to mollify yourself internally by saying oh well that could never happen oh well that could never happen oh that's silly that could never happen. oh these aren't the end times that couldn't possibly true oh that's ridiculous dot 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 no no you've you've got to shake the normalcy bias and you know i don't think that you you barricade yourself in your house or anything you have to keep on living but at the same time you have to have an objective an objective sense that this none of this stuff is normal Bergoglio, anti-Pope Bergoglio, how many uh, normies and Novus Orduists and even the Trad Inc. people are just relentlessly trying to tell themselves and convince themselves and convince others, this has all happened before, this is all completely normal. Well, these people who are up in arms about this, you know, popes come, popes go, some are good, some are bad. That's all normalcy bias, people, and um, I really, I really think at this point that it is one of the one of the gifts of assistance that the Holy Ghost is is giving people is to keep them keep them out of that and make people real and help people to see and objectively process and understand that this isn't normal. This is not even remotely close to normal, and this hasn't happened before. And the entire human race is on a trajectory that is um, extraordinarily dark 
and unpleasant and has been foretold in scripture. I think it's pretty clear to say. Oh yeah, we're, and, we're there. We're a few chapters yeah, in. We're, we're there, we're there. We're chapters and chapters in. And you're not being a loon or anything like that. If you look at scripture and you know approved, approved apparitions of Our Lady and so on and so forth and say, yeah, this is real. This is happening. This is us right now. I'm not, you can't stick your head in the sand and just keep saying, oh, that's silly. That could never happen to us. I mean, the end times, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe it. But I mean, the, the end times, that couldn't possibly happen to us. It's not now. You, know, you, you sure about that, Cha-Cha? Because uh, like Super Nerd just said, we're chapters and chapters in, so... Yeah, and stick to the approved revelations. There's all kinds of exciting, interesting things like Garabondal, which may or may not be true, but it has not been approved. Yeah. And even yeah. And, and to the degree any of it is worth listening to, it's only because it it echoes what's been said at, at uh, approved apparitions. So exactly. pay attention to Fatima, look at Akita, and maybe pay attention to some of the things that uh, the people who have read The Third Secret of Fatima, like um, Pope Benedict back in the 80s when he was still going by a different name, um, when somebody asked him, is, is the third secret of, or what's, what's the comparison between the third secret of Fatima and the, and the apparition or the messages of Akita? And he said, it's the same thing. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's, uh, let's pay attention to that. It's true. And, and just, just a quick reminder that, you know, God, bl God bless the little old ladies, but the, but the, the middle-aged little old ladies who are having hot flashes and claim that they're talking to Mike, St. Michael the Archangel or whatever, I mean, you really, really need to just let that go, really. Um, uh, it, it, it can be very, very unhealthy. We have what we need. And in fact, Holy Mother Church teaches that even, even the approved Marian apparitions those are not, we're not Gnostics. I mean, you don't need those. You have everything you need in, in divine revelation as it sits with, you know, uh, the, the death of, of St. John in terms of the composition, composition of scripture and the, the magisterial teaching of Holy Mother Church. You have everything you need. Um, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, God sent his mother to give us an explicit warning that, look, this stuff is going to start happening, especially if you people don't straighten up and repent, precisely because what's going on, especially with regards to what's going on in the church, is so incredibly severe that God in his mercy just wanted to make sure that, you know, people on the ground to minimize the scandal what is the antidote to scandal? Truth. If you acknowledge the truth and you acknowledge what's going on, not only are you not scandalized, this is edifying. Again, I can't tell you how many times and with how many people and how many exchanges, um, you know, if, if you're looking at this situation that we're living through and, you're, and your faith is flagging, man, you're missing it. You are missing it. This is, we are in the day we i can't believe this is happening to us and, and i mean that in a good sense we're here in these days saints beg god to let them live in the times that we're living in right now without any question and you know oh the news is so bad every day you know i i open i open frank walker's canon 212 every day and when he does his his headline um refresh 
and I look at Frank's headlines and it's, you know, 12, 12 new headlines above the fold every day of just scandal after scandal after scandal. And yes, those scandals are horrible in and of themselves, but am I, am I despairing? No, because every time you, you look at that and you see, oh, it's getting worse and it's getting worse. And well, this, this cardinal is absolutely no help. And this guy's absolutely no health. And this guy's clearly a sodomite and yada, yada, yada. Every time there's something new, I, I think to myself, well, we're just that much closer. We're that much closer. We're not only we're getting closer, but we're accelerating into it. It's like we're we're accelerating into a into a gravity well in this thing, and it just every day we are closer to the glorious re resolution of all this. It's going to be fantastic. Nobody can predict how this is going to resolve. All I can tell you about how this is going to resolve, it, it is going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be the best show ever. And there is very high probability that a lot of us right now listening are going to be alive when it happens and it's it's wonderful it's absolutely wonderful if you're if your faith is flagging you're being scandalized by this stuff i'm telling you you're you're, you're missing you're missing one of the best things um that any any population of human beings has experienced i mean the the only thing that's that's better than this if you is if you had actually been on the ground in palestine when our Lord was walking the earth and you could have been there and you could have been one of the people who saw him after the resurrection, if you could have been one of the people in the crowds, if you had, could have been one of the people who was fed in the, in the miraculous multiplications. I mean, you know, that, I, I wish, I wish that I could have been there for that. And I think about that a lot. And I think about would, would I have recognized our Lord? And the thing that, that always scares me to death um, and I, I, I think about this a lot as John the Baptist. Um, what would I have thought about John the Baptist if I saw John the Baptist walking down the street today in the modern setting and equivalent? What, what would I, how would I have reacted to him? John the Baptist scares me. Our Lord, not so much, but I, I don't know how I would have reacted to John the Baptist. So you've, you've got to pray to the Holy Ghost to, you know, give you, give you that illumination and that right judgment um, to see things and discern them and discern them properly in real time. We all make mistakes, um, but some people do better than others. And you, you just have to keep, keep plugging along and ask God continually to keep your eyes open and keep your judgment right about what exactly is going on. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing show for sure. And mm -hmm. and be sure you recognize uh, the actual servants of God when they come around. There's going to be uh, Elias who's speaking to the Jews and then Enoch is, is will be speaking to the Gentiles to convert them. They basically will have the same message like, hey, dummies, that's the truth. That's the church. You need to convert. And mm -hmm. one will be primarily talking to the Jews. One will be talking primarily to the Gentiles. And eventually Antichrist will kill them. And then three and a half days later, they will, or three days later, they will resurrect and ascend into heaven. Or actually, I don't know about the last part, but they will be taken up into heaven. Um, 
I think I read that correct, and I remember that correctly. I've been I've been watching a lot of Fatima videos the last couple of weeks, so I, I may be uh, confusing a couple of points there. But again, it's that's all that's fantastic information. But even that, even that is if it's not in the original deposit of divine revelation or in official magisterium of Holy Mother Church, it technically it's not necessary it's you you have the ability to prudentially judge that stuff um now well and when, fatima, it, com- I mean, and when it comes the, to our lady of fatima it's it's uh, apocalypse or revelations depending upon how you pronounce that uh chapters 8 to 13 so even then yeah. the yeah. the apparition of fatima isn't something new she's she's telling us something that's already written down yep absolutely absolutely and the apostasy from the top that's that's all in in revelation as well so i mean there you shouldn't there sh- you should not be surprised at all this this is all completely totally foretold we've been warned repeatedly um and you know what do you expect what do you expect when you have the the kind and level and thoroughness of the infiltration of the church that we've had in the last 60 70 even call it a hundred years or even even go back and say you're running the clock from leo the 13th's locution that you know hearing that conversation between our lord and satan and and our lord saying you you think you can go you think you can destroy the church you go ahead and try and do we start there do we go all the way back to luther or honestly do we go back to the garden and the the, ultimately the answer is always that we go back to the garden but but we all understand that um yeah this is this this has all been explicitly foretold and you are missing one of the best experiences that a human being could have on this mortal coil if you're trying to tell yourself that it that it isn't happening, because it is, it is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And the the, the allocution or the locution or the hearing that um, uh, Pius the Twelfth, no Pius the Thirteenth, no <laughs> Leo the Thirteenth. Leo the Thirteenth. My pope's all messed up here. <laughs> Leo the Thirteenth heard. There was a reference to uh, give me a hundred years and I'll destroy the church. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know when that hundred years starts, and we don't know if it's exactly literal. I tend to think it probably starts about 1929, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That would line up with Fatima because the other places where we've heard 100-year references was with the uh, revelation uh, to St. Mar- Margaret Mary Alacoque about the uh, the Sacred Heart. And mm-hmm. it, the King of France had 100 years to mm-hmm. consecrate France to the Sacred Heart. And, of course, he didn't. And the Third Estate um, be, just kicked off the French Revolution, and that was the end of the French monarchy. Yeah. Uh, an explicit warning was made that if the Pope doesn't um, doesn't consecrate Fatima to the Immacul- or consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, that the popes will follow in the, in the footsteps of the French kings. There's kind of a hundred year reference there as well, and then of course the uh, locution that overheard by uh, Leo the Thirteenth. Yeah, the hundred years comes up every once in a while. Yep, yep, yep. Sure does, and we're right there. No matter how you, no matter when you start that clock. I mean, we're we're either right in the thick of it or hurtling towards it very very rapidly you know within within this decade or early in the next decade yeah and that there's also references too that that um this should have happened already in other words going going into the the great chastisement but it's been delayed so for example when um pope john paul 
John Paul II, that is, did mm-hmm. the consecration of the world to the Immaculate Heart. That apparent that it was revealed that bought a reprieve of time. Mm-hmm. And I guess something else has bought a reprieve because when when things didn't happen, Malachi Martin specifically thought things were going to happen in 97. Mm-hmm. Then he thought it was going to be 2017, but he's, he wasn't around. I don't think he was around to see that that was wrong. But then again, he died pe- in people, 99. 99 is when he died. Yeah. M- yes. He, he yes, he, he died. <laughs> the circumstances <laughs> of, died, are questionable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't elaborate on that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, splinters in the back of his head, but it was natural causes. Um, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see what else came out in the last uh, month since we <laughs> since we've done a podcast. There've been a few things. Uh, well, you you guys went and saw Top Gun, and several of uh, the the Barnhart podcast crew went and saw it. I have not seen it, and I doubt I will, just because. Going to a movie theater is, I don't think I'm going to anymore. I think I'm kind of done with movie theaters. But a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are curious. Um, what give us the give us the rundown on Top Gun? It it is definitely worth seeing, and it's it's easily the the best sequel to a movie since at least Empire Strikes Back, maybe even Godfather Two. And wow. and uh, it, it's it's interesting on a lot of levels. Um, the, the original Top Gun, if you saw it, it was just a lot of 80 cheesiness thrown together with fast yeah. jets, and, and there really wasn't much of a storyline to it. This time, there really is a coherent storyline through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's In a way, it's kind of a, a semi-autobiographical film of Tom Cruise himself. If there's any one character that sort of uh, you can identify Tom Cruise with, it's... it's um, Pete Mitchell Maverick from the original Top Gun. He was always brash doing all of the action adventure stuff. Uh, he's always parlayed this into bigger movies, but and, and he's notoriously difficult. No, I shouldn't say notoriously, but uh, he's he's makes a lot of mistakes along the way and rubs a lot of people the wrong way, kind of like Mavericks does. Mm-hmm. And and um, in his older age, he gains wisdom and um, learns how to how to adjust. And that's that's. It's interesting that this was a movie that they always talked about having a sequel to because it did so well, amazingly well. They had no idea it was going to be such a big hit. And so immediately... You mean the original Top Gun? The original Top Gun, yes. I mean, that, okay, in, fact, yeah. in fact, the studios initially uh, called the, the producers and said, hey, find all the scrap footage that you didn't use in the film and make it, see if you can make a sequel. And they didn't believe the directors at first. And they said, there is no scrap footage. It was, they, they did a, a pretty good a cin- cinematography with what they had, but they, they literally had ran out of, of, of some of the footage and, and had to improvise like the whole cockpit scenes. Those were not filmed in, in planes in flight. They had to mm-hmm. do some uh, blue screen magic with that. In mm-hmm. this film, this is something where Tom Cruise is, he's as much a director and an executive producer as he is an actor as well. Mm-hmm. And, and he was the reason that this, this film was held uh, and not released because it was supposed to come out in 2020. Right. And there was something else going on in the world in 2020 that prevented anybody from sitting within six feet of each other. And he insisted, no, we hold this. We do not put it out on streaming services. I don't care if we have to wait 10 years because the experience of seeing it on as big a screen as possible with the best sound yeah. system possible, it, you cannot duplicate this on a phone or even a laptop or even a home theater. Right. You've, you've got to see this in the cinema. And I begrudgingly have to agree. And mm-hmm. what is it with all these former Catholic bad actors who, and I don't mean bad actor in the movie sense, I mean, you know, morally bad people. <laughs> so the best actors are like, like Kevin Spacey or or um, mm. um, the guy from Greece. 
and Saturday Night John Fever. John Travolta. Yeah, that guy. Um, th- he played a character in, in a movie called Get Shorty. It's, I can't imagine anybody else could have played that character to the way he did. But why, why are all these nutballs the, the best actors? But anyway, in the case of Tom Cruise... Because acting is lying. Well, in the case of Tom Cruise, I think he's truly a, a student of cinema. Most actors, once they are done... In fact, uh, Johnny Depp, we've talked about him recently on the, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, he was he was asked um, by, by various people, once once he's done uh, filming a movie, does he actually go watch the, the movie once it's done? He's like, no. He never he never actually watches the movies that he's he's produced. He's like, I made them. Therefore, you know, my job is to make them. It's everyone else's uh, job to watch them, or it's it's mm-hmm. up to, it's up to everyone else to watch them if they want to. He has no interest in watching it, and I don't I don't know that he's even that big of a fan of cinema. Whereas Tom Cruise is just an avid fan, an avid student of cinema, and he some of the he he really pushes for practical effects and and so for, mm-hmm. for to the degree that things can be done in reality uh he does that and so like the mission impossible series he does mm-hmm. literally death defying stunts which um i can't think of many daredevils who would willingly do this i can't think of i i've, I've got to wonder how many stuntmen in hollywood would do the stuff he does um, literally holding on to the outside of an aircraft when it takes off. <laughs> that, he apparently Jeez. did that for real because okay. you, you can't, uh, when, when things are done for real uh, or, or practical effects in a movie, you have an immersion um, and, and a reaction from the actors that you just can never get from a green screen. And it, to, mm-hmm. to see the difference of this, just look at the Star Wars prequels, which were completely shot on sound stages on green screens. Yeah. Um, versus any movie that's done in reality, which anything before there's another There's another very famous example of this dynamic um, in Die Hard, the first Die Hard movie, when um, Alan Rickman, who's the bad guy, when his character at the very end dies and falls, he falls off of a off of the Nakatomi Tower, the skyscraper or whatever it is. Now, Alan Rickman didn't fall off of an actual skyscraper, but... In, in the stunt setup that they had, and it was, it was green screen, I'm sure, but when, when he fell, um, something happened, and he, he actually fell, and the look on his face as he's, you know, falling off of the, off of the skyscraper is actually the look of Alan Rickman being terrified falling if i remember the story correctly they they were they said okay we're going to give you to a count of three and then we're going to let the 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 person holding was going to let him go Mm -hmm. and they did one and then let him go he (laughs) and he was terrified too and i don't know how fall how how big of a fall it was it's on to you know like stunt foam i mean there's almost no way you can hurt yourself unless you land directly on your head and even then maybe maybe not but he was just so scared of this that he thought okay i've got till three it's like okay so so he he, they do the count of one he's like ready so i still got a couple more seconds then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they let him go and that look of terror is real yeah yeah (laughs) there there are some you know unscripted moments in cinema which are are, kind of interesting in that respect but yep I don't know that there's any behind the scenes stuff that that's come out yet from from Top Gun Maverick, but uh, that they they really did fly. Well, let me rephrase that. They really were in Navy jets. Um, they did not let Tom Cruise fly them, and he sure as heck did not get a catapult shot <laughs> off a carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If, if there's there was, I, I always thought that that they wanted to put um, or that the Navy would have pushed toward using the F thirty five because that's their new 
turkey that they bought and it's like they wanted to put mm-hmm. it in a good light and it turns out it's the other way around the the film crew wanted to shoot this all in f-35s and the navy said no <laughs> we are not letting you anywhere near the cockpit of an f-35 with a camera there's too much top secret stuff in there you can't go oh, there that's true yeah. so the only right. time in the movie you see an f-35 is in the opening sequence when they're shooting uh doing catapult shots off a carrier and there's an f-35 in the background lining up and taking off that's the only time you see an f-35 mm. but um you know the the cinematography for this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, all all the all all of the tricks they learned back in was it eighty four thirty five years ago when they eighty six yeah, yeah back in the eighties when they did this they've all obviously gotten a lot better and uh, unlike eighty six when they 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 ran out of aerial footage and had to improvise uh, to to make things work or in some mm-hmm. cases just reuse the same footage a couple times and hope hope the audience didn't didn't notice or just suspended disbelief. I think they had 800 hours of footage from the F-18s. Wow. It was... Wow. Yeah. It was... It, it the, the film is an achievement on a number of levels. And, and in terms of storyline, it's a very good story. Uh, definitely highly recommend it. And um, we got an email from somebody saying there was, there was a Freemasonic reference in the movie. Okay, I don't, I'm not going to give away the story, but there is a part where there's there's a, a dog fight going on it's it's top gun that's going to happen and at one point the uh the cockpit display that shows how many rounds left stops at 33 my wife and i we, we saw this we started laughing immediately because we're thinking of the no agenda reference and I, I was wondering and we were talking about this after the movie i wonder if somebody on the film set is actually a no agenda listener and threw through like a little subtle in the morning to anybody who, who catches this and somebody emailed in and said there's an illuminati reference here to the 33 degrees of masonry it's like I, I guess if you want to see that in in the the movie, then you're going to see a lot of interesting. I mean, the 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 point of the plane is kind of like a pyramid. I mean, you could look at it that way too. But <laughs> I, I'm not picking on the person who who wrote this. I'm I'm not. I, I, let me be clear. I'm not. I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying, if you if you want to see references where they don't exist, I mean, I, I guess you can see that. I I personally don't yeah. think that was a reference like that. And it reminds me of of um. um I think I've, I've used this. I think I've mentioned this story before that the ship, one of the ships I was on in the Navy, it had a very sophisticated, very powerful radar to the point that it could see wave tops. And, and the, the mm. way the software on, on, on the, um, on the, the tracking system worked is it, it would see the wave tops and typically ignore them because it, it didn't make sense for any kind of movement. But every so often in the sea, you'll get a series of wave tops at just the right sequence and location. And all of a sudden, we get a surface track pop up going 142 miles an hour on the surface. It's like, well, okay, there probably were some wave tops doing that. And and this, this was a known issue with the the spy radar system. And and the, the, the term we had for that is called zoomers because they're moving fast and they're not real. Uh, so typically, the, the, the radar guys on watch would flag that one and just delete it from the system because it's not real. We, we weren't running around um, the Black Sea and the, and the Russians weren't flying a chronoplons around. So that, mm-hmm. that's not real. And it, it's it's the kind of thing where if you're looking for connections and, and maybe you've got your radar tuned a little too high, you're going to see mm-hmm. things that don't line up with, with actual revelations. Now, yeah. given who Tom Cruise is, there might have been some subtle things that were in there that... Um, that that might have been an occult reference in there. No, it's not the Third Fleet logo. It's always been a triangle. What about the morality? That's what a lot of people are talking about and asking about. Um, blasphemy, depictions of fornication, etc. What 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 is the content like in the, in that regard? There is a um, 
there is a scene that definitely suggests fornication or whichever. Uh, I guess technically the the woman Penny Benjamin had been married at one point. So yes, uh, acts outside of marriage, but it it also was surprisingly prudishly shot. I wouldn't take my kids to go see it, but at the same time, uh, it's the kind of thing where if if you're an adult, there's nothing horribly scandalous. People don't get naked. In fact, you don't really see much of anything below the shoulders. Um, it, it's, it's probably one of the most tame scenes in movies outside of Atlas Shrugged. Okay. Is there, um, what's the language? Is there blasphemy and so on and so forth? I don't know. <laughs> I would have to watch it again uh, because I, I wasn't specifically tuning in to, to references of, of people using the name of God. Um, it might've happened. I don't, I don't remember that specifically. Okay. Okay. Well, it, it couldn't have been that bad if, if you don't even, if you don't even have any memory of any of it at all. So, okay. Well, I was, right. I was geeking out about some of the scenes and, and um, I, I guess from my, my perspective, some of the, I, I was unwilling to suspend disbelief on, on a couple of scenes. And it's like that kind of, that kind of ruined the experience a little bit for me. If you if you don't know some of the technical details about it, you'll, it's it's a lot more fun of a movie, which reminds me of something that the producers of the original Top Gun said, because the 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 uh, real Top Gun pilots were were explaining to the or trying to tell the film crews that that you're doing this wrong. This isn't how actual aviator aviators fly. Na- aviators. That's a new word for you. That's a new word. <laughs> um, that that uh, this is technically incorrect. And and Tony Scott, the director, said, "Look, I don't make movies for naval aviators. I make them for regular audiences." Yeah. And and true. so, yeah, you know, the fact that you know, if you know enough about military and how some of the stuff works, there that it's un- unbelievable in some cases. So what? I mean, you don't go to the movies to see uh, Verismo or or what's actually one hundred percent real. Mm-hmm. You, you 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 go there to have a bit of a enjoyable escape and see a good story. And and Top Gun de- Top Gun Maverick definitely delivers on that. It is better than the original. It it um, it's a good story. Is is Val Kilmer is in it like acting right? He is in it, and I don't want to give away anything in the scene for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Uh, Mark and I are going to do a spoiler um, review of this at some point. Uh, but okay. but um, I, I imagine for this audience, probably a lot of people may not have seen it who would be open to seeing it. And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to talk in detail about um, Val Kilmer's okay. scene. Yes, he, he is in it. And he's in it more than I thought he was initially when we talked about this before, um, because I had seen in, in a preview a photo of Val Kilmer as you know the commander of the Pacific Fleet, four-star mm-hmm. admiral. No, he's actually in it, which is, okay. which is uh, one, one of the best depictions of of somebody in a film given their real life circumstances and what that's done to them and their ability to act so it it was it was a very good scene i suspect that maybe um cruise cruise did that because for those of you who don't know val kilmer is in very bad shape he he had uh he had cancer of the throat or something like that and um, I, I suspected when I saw that Val Kilmer was going to be in it that maybe Cruz insisted that he be in it for, you know, to financially support Kilmer and his family. Um, I don't know. Kilmer's probably getting pretty good royalty checks. I mean, I you look you go to his Wikipedia page and then you remember, oh, my gosh, he was in a lot of stuff. 
it's not just Top Gun and Tombstone. He was in a Batman movie. I mean, he was in a lot of stuff. Um, he was in that Doors movie. So I don't, I don't know. But I thought, oh, maybe Cruz did that to to help him and his family out. He know? was in another all time guy classic movie. Um, it, it's uh, the movie Heat. It was the first movie that uh, De Niro and Pacino were in the same scene at the same time. Ah. And uh, he he played he played a bank robber. Well. Uh, they were they were robbers the um de niro and, and that crew they they were highest artists of 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 the highest caliber and there is a a scene in that movie where there's a gunfight between de niro's crew and the lapd with um um pacino's crew and there there's a scene where val kilmer is firing a, a, an a, an m16 and does a magazine change in 1.8 seconds and continues firing and that clip was is actually used at marine corps boot camp now and 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 the drill instructors say if you can't do execute a magazine change and continue firing faster than this actor you've got yeah. no place in the core yeah <laughs> now to be fair the the actors on on the um the burglary crew were all trained by sas commandos so they mm-hmm. were trained by guys who really knew what they were doing and the police team was all trained by lapd squat or squat swat teams um, or SWAT squad. I'm, I'm mixing words together again. But anyway, but uh, so so the Keep cops... Keep drinking, it'll get better. <laughs> and I'm only drinking sparkling water. Um, Good heavens. <laughs> but uh, no, so in that movie, the, the cops and robbers look like cops and robbers because actual cops and high-end cops trained the cops and or the guys playing cops and, and SAS commandos who are basically... Um, violent criminals of the highest order who just happen to work for for uh, a noble cause or a government at least um, they they train the bad guys so they're they're all doing a very competent portrayal so yeah but Val Kilmer's been a lot been in a lot of movies and and it wasn't until I looked up his filmography that because I was thinking I've only seen him in like three movies and then I look it up it's like no I've seen him in a whole lot more movies I just yeah. forgot one yeah. of them I forgot was Willow oh yeah oh yeah. It, it, see, that's a testament to how good of an actor he is, because he just kind of blends in. You know, he just he just becomes whoever his character is. But I mean, one of the great motion picture performances ever is um, is his Doc Holliday. I mean, he should have been nominated. I think he should have been nominated for Best Actor for Tombstone and won. And Billy Bob Thornton should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Tombstone. Just that one scene of Billy Bob Thornton in that introductory scene where he's in the um, in the Oriental and and Wyatt Earp goes in and and smacks him and throws him out. Just that one scene, I think billy bob thornton should have gotten best supporting actor and yes you can go ahead and send emails reminding me that billy bob thornton is out of his mind and probably evil too yeah i understand i know i know but so is george clooney and he's a terrific actor yep yep most of them are it's kind of why i'm done with hollywood um uh, like I said, I'm I'm probably not going to go to movie theaters anymore. I suppose someday, at some point, I'll see this movie and I'll it'll probably be on somebody's home screen somewhere. But I'm I'm personally not giving Hollywood any more money. I'm kind of done with that. So and you know, after this movie, that's probably a good thing to do because uh, some of the reviews I've been I've been watching on YouTube, and not just people who have an opinion, but people who are actual writers who are who have training in, in, in film school, who know about story dissection, they, they are um, non-ironically saying this might be the last 
Um, Tom Cruise might be the last true movie superstar of our of our time or ever, mm-hmm. depending upon what happens in the world. And mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick might be the last blockbuster we see yeah. in the cinema. And it's yep. it's definitely a movie that that needs to be seen in a cinema. I mean, it ought to be seen in the cinema. I put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, you might watch it on a, on a small screen, but it but in terms of, of you know, they, it didn't have the woke agenda message in it. It, it oh it, yeah, that's it was, the other thing. Is it is it SJW wall to wall? No, <laughs> no. Wow. I mean, there there are a couple of female pilots, but that's actually reality these days. Okay, well, that's good. I remember because they made this thing in like 2018 or 19. Made it in 19. It was supposed to be re- re- um, released in 20 or something like that. And I remember at the time that they were making it that there was a there was a kerfuffle because they took they took a patch off of his jacket in order to appease the Chinese. I can't remember. It was, it probably had to do with Taiwan or something. Yes. Um, yeah. The, um, the original jacket from the 1986 version of the movie. And I'm saying 1986 because that's what you said it was. So if, if that's not the right date, then blame man. Um, but the, the original 86 version, it had a, a, a Taiwan flag on a patch on the jacket and the, the trailer did not have that. And apparently mm-hmm. sometime between the trailer and the movie, they said, ah, oh, forget it. China's not going to buy this movie. It has the Taiwan flag on it. And that was something I noticed at the time in the cinema when, when he puts the jacket on. I was like, that's the real one. It's got the fl- Taiwan flag on it. Awesome. Ah, okay. All right. They're, they're not go. They're not kowtowing to China. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, Okay. I'm I'm glad to hear all this. Um, people were sending some references to. Um, apparently, Father Ripperger has a talk where he just says you can't you can't consume anything that has even the slightest hint of any immorality in it. And I don't know. Then how do you how do you leave your house? Because you're going to walk down the street. You're going to see naked people. You're going to be sought. You're going to see sodomites, you know, walking around openly manifesting. You're going to hear people talking and people saying things all the time. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm certainly myself have gotten a lot stricter and tighter about what I look at, but, um, I, I don't think that we're to the point where you just barricade yourself in your house either. So, let let the discussion continue, you know? Yep. And even though this movie was supposed to come out two years ago, and so it just now came out, as you aptly pointed out, it is already uh, an anachronistic movie in the sense that the America in which this movie takes place, in which it's set, it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, that wasn't me. I think that was that, uh, what's that guy's name? Whose last Pasobiec? name I can't pronounce. Pasobiec. Yeah. I, I am not pronouncing it correctly and I'm sorry. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Um, I have no idea how yeah, it's pronounced either. I'm just guessing. He, yeah, he, tw- he tweeted, you know, I think that was him. The only problem with this movie is that the country that it's set in no longer exists and make sure you remember that, um, that swelling swelling with pride of, in the American dream and all that, well, <laughs> it's over. Again, shake yourself out of the normalcy bias. And yes, there we do have the United States military still exists and there are still aircraft carriers and all kinds of um, all kinds of technology. But in, in many, many, many ways, we're the bad guys, you know, and and the the Ukraine thing is kind of one of the 
one of the clearest manifestations of that. I mean, Ukraine is a is a satanic puppet state of the U.S. of the CIA, and the, all that crap that's going on over there. I mean, you you you're we don't like Putin, but on the other hand, you have to understand that we're the bad guys. Ukraine is is one of the most horrifically corrupt nations on earth. We've talked about this before. I mean, it's the absolute center of cybercrime, um, human trafficking, sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, money laundering, drug drug movement, et cetera, et cetera. And you mean, the way I look at Ukraine is that, um, you know, that they've got it coming and Putin is is the scourge. Not unlike, for example, it's, uh, you know, Eve, I think Holy Mother Church teaches that things like like Islam are a scourge and have been a scourge upon uh, Europe when it uh, when Europe turns its back on God, you know, you 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 can't. You can't go through life with this American, you know, college football mentality that you're either on one side or the other. Both sides can be bad, you know, and I think it's very obvious that Ukraine has it coming. And like I said, Ukraine is 100% a puppet state of the, of the Washington, D.C. regime. And so they got it coming. And... You just you just sit back and watch and um, beware. There are there are criminals, there are grifters who are trying to recruit young men to go over there and um, and fight as mercenaries. Or it's it's that's that's just evil, evil beyond description. Trying to trying to profiteer off of that and trying to suck young men to go over there and get themselves killed. Um, remember well, um, con uh, confirm me here, super nerd, but the rules of war are that mercenaries can be summarily executed if yep. they're under the rules of war. If, if and, you and go they over have there- been. They have been too, and this is like a big outcry in Britain because I guess they don't realize this. There were a couple yeah. of, of uh, former British soldiers, I think they were British, former British soldiers, they're Britons either way, went over to uh, to Ukraine and, and uh, they were over on the Eastern Front, over in the Donbass region. They were captured and executed. Now in this case, they weren't summarily no, executed, they, they were they actually were tried. They were actually tried, yeah. And of, of course, Putin's gonna try to use them probably as bargaining chips, but under the rules of war, if you're gonna play that game, if you're gonna go be a mercenary, I mean, learn learn the meaning of the vulgar acronym FAFO real quick because that's that's very much what could happen to you. Um, and um, boy, anybody who's such an absolute psychopathic grifter that they would try to profiteer off of and suck young men into going over there and getting killed in defense of what? In defense of that sodomite Zelensky who's who's a puppet of of Washington DC to defend what to defend w one of the most spectacularly corrupt nations on earth you got to be kidding me and by the way how many bio labs are they now up to it's over 40 i think i think they're over 40 us backed and supported now um bio labs that they've identified over there <laughs> sorry can't uh, 
can't get on board with any of that. I said that from the very beginning. If Putin's going in there to destroy American bioweapons labs, then how about <laughs> it? Good, good luck, sir. Good luck. <laughs> good, good hunting. Yeah. 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 It, it's there. There were far, far more virtuous actors on the Eastern Front of World War II between literal Nazis. Well, I guess we have literal Nazis now too, and mm-hmm. and the uh, the Soviet uh, the, the Soviet Red Army. There were far more virtuous actors then than we have now because at least then they didn't have such a, a predomination of, of the unnatural vices going around on, on both mm-hmm. sides yep yep so I mean, um, you, don't, you don't actively root for well you, you, don't, you don't root for casualties on both sides but there's there's nobody t- nobody good to root for here no 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 way so that's our little tangent on that so very good uh, what else did I? What else did I have in my notes here? Um, let's see. I had I had a whole section of catch up bullet points that were supposed to be when we recorded two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, so I, I I was addressing the or maybe I addressed this already. The question of somebody uh, had emailed in because I had I had said if you have money in, in Coinbase uh, or have, have cryptocurrency in Coinbase, you probably want to get it out of there. Whether you cash it out and then just get your money. Um, out, out of crypto altogether and then disconnect your bank account from Coinbase so they can't claw it back. Or if you want to just keep it in, in cryptocurrency, move it someplace else. Uh, since that recording, the price of Bitcoin has halved. Yeah. So it's, I, I didn't, I don't know what it is right this second, but it was down in the, the 20,000s earlier. Um, it, and just, just a few months ago, six months ago, it was over 60,000. So yeah. what, what have we said about, again about um, a mark of a currency? It's got to be stable. Yeah, um, um, with anything, whether it's a currency or anything, um, a sign of legitimacy in a market, or maybe I should better phrase it this way, a sign that a market is illegitimate is extreme volatility. So the the great lesson in, in this, when I was growing up as a kid, was the pork belly futures market. I mean, it was literally three Jews standing in the pit in Chicago. They owned all of the cold storage. They completely controlled the pork belly trade in the United States, literally three Jews in Chicago. And they just stand in there and their default activity was trying to screw each other. And then heaven help you if some other person came in and tried to trade um, a pork belly contract, well, then they'd gang up. They'd, They'd all gang up and they'd try to rape you know, whoever the poor, the poor idiot was who tried to trade a pork belly contract. And so you'd see the pork bellies all the time were limit up, limit down, limit up, limit down. And you couldn't get a good fill. And it was just hyper, hyper, hyper volatile. Why was it hyper volatile? Because it was illegitimate. The structure of it was illegitimate. It was not, it was not genuine price discovery. It was three Jews raping each other and then trying to rape anybody who walked by. So um, anything that's hyper volatile, anything, even the, the stock market, the housing market, anything that's hyper volatile, it's a sign that the market itself is illegitimate. That's not normal. Markets should, if, if something gets out of whack, 
market forces should work to, it's called arbitrage, when people swoop in and take advantage of a market that gets, that gets out, of, out of kilter and out of whack. Everybody's watching, everybody sees it, and so people move in. If a market gets too high, sellers come in. If a market gets too low, buyers come in and bring it back to an equilibrium type of a price where there's actual, genuine, authentic price discovery going on. This business of just everything up, down, up, down, back, forth, um, and the stock market is is getting to be the same way. You know, why would you want anything to do with any of that? Um, housing market, it's the same thing. Um, some people have already kind of started to experience, you know, bubble popping and and you know, wringing their hands because if they had sold their house, a matter of weeks ago, they would have gotten, you know, 25, 30% more or something like that, you know, and um, um, it's just a sign of how how everything is <laughs> to, to use the ubiquitous euphemism now, everything now is fake and gay. Well, in the case of Bitcoin, there is the, the, the additional dynamic that it seeks to compete directly with central banks. And Central banks really don't like that. They've killed heads of state for trying to try, trying to mess with that. I, how? Okay. how <laughs> well, um, Saddam mm-hmm. Hussein he wanted to sell oil in in uh, euros. Um, Muammar Gaddafi wanted to sell them. He wanted to create the gold dinar. I mean, you you mess around with with the central bankers and bad things happen to you. And with the with the case of Bitcoin, yeah, if I created the darn thing, I'd I'd create a fictitious um, pseudonym and, and never reveal myself either because. No good thing is going to come from that, from finding mm-hmm. out who I who who really created that. And no, I did not create Bitcoin. But no. but uh, the the fact of who they're competing with, I can see all kinds of underhanded things happening just to just to drive everyone away from Bitcoin as as a alternative. And ultimately, if that doesn't succeed, they'll just make it illegal to trade Bitcoin for fiat currency or central bank digital currencies. Well, and I mean, we started talking about this right off the bat when we started doing podcasts in 2017. We had, I mean, we had an entire series, like episode four, five, six or something like that. We had a series on, on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And my point about it from the beginning is, guys, if the electricity goes out, all of your money is gone. I mean, just stop and think about that again normalcy buys well that could never happen well you know they just locked they just locked most of the planet in their in their houses under under house arrest for two years two years of your life is gone um tell me more about how they won't turn off the electricity they won't sweep your accounts i mean it's the Barnhart axiom is if you can't stand in front of it with an AR and physically defend it, then you don't own it and you never did. And I, with each passing day, that becomes more and more and more axiomatic and people become in a, in a certain sense, more and more and more delusional about that, you know, um, you know, the, you got, almost have to have an addendum to that because even if you own it, you still may not fully own it. Because in the case of property, if you own, say, a car, yeah. um, your your land, your cattle, whatever it is you own, even if you own that free and clear, there's still property tax. And if you don't pay that, it, your stuff will be seized. Yeah, yeah. And if you're standing there with an AR, you get hosed down in the process. 
Yep, absolutely. It's uh, <laughs> the system we live in. It's talk about things that have it coming. The system has it coming. That's for sure. Income tax, property tax, estate tax. Estate tax is one of the most evil things that there is. Um, yeah, on and on and on. So what's next? Um, I, I threw some random notes together because I wasn't. I figured you had a, a handful of things to talk about. Um, I, I, I literally wrote down something Rome-related. Ian has more info. I have no idea. I something I not- Rome-related? <laughs> um, <laughs> Boy, that narrows it right down. I just figured uh, there was there, there given given the um junior bishop in white, he must have said something recently. Oh, oh the um the formula for absolution. Talking about oh, things that don't oh. exist in, anymore as they used to. Oh, people are panicking about that. They released a new English language um for, form of absolution. First of all, it um the the form in terms of absolution and confession is i absolve you ego te absolve ego te absolvo and in english i absolve you um that that's the form that's the that's the meat of it that's what matters but guys calm down because the translation in english if if you go to novus ordo confession which i do um you know i'll pop in and and I love to confess anonymously. So um, I go to Novus Ordo confession, not infrequently. L- look at the at the new thing that they've they've released, they have they've changed the word um, give to grant officially. Now I've been hearing may God grant you pardon and peace all along. Um, I didn't realize that that this was any sort of a official thing. But the rule of thumb is this. When you see a change um, in English now I'm talking about, when you see a change that goes to a more archaic word. So for example, this is a great example, going from give to grant. Okay, grant is a more it's a more archaic, certainly a more nuanced word, obviously. What that almost always means is that it's an improvement. Um, so for example, the big one, remember remember how all the sodomites and the Novus Ordo cultists just lost their mind when the new uh, translation for the mass came out and they went from cup to chalice and you you would think that they had just you know been pulling people's fingernails out of their hands like you know vietnamese torture or something these sodomites and these these novus ordoist heretics are losing their minds say i just i can't do this seriously you can't read your own mother tongue out of a book right in front of you you can't say the word chalice which is actually that's exactly what the latin is calyx it's chalice it's not cup it's chalice now uh, now what did i just say when something when you go to a more archaic or nuanced word which obviously going from cup to chalice is more archaic and more nuanced um it's it's an improvement and so that was an improvement and they all lost their minds so this new the new form going from give to grant well that actually is when you look at the the nuance of the latin i think father z has a thing up on this 
In fact, I'm I'm quite sure that he does. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, yeah, well, that's, Father, that's Father Z closer. Father Z Latin. That that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> that's what his entire website was founded for, and what is what it's completely about. So, um, uh, yeah, it's it's an improvement. So. Not, not everything is bad news. And people sending emails, this is, this is going to invalidate. Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. I absolve you. Ego te absolvo. That's, that's the meat and potatoes of the form of the sacrament. And the other stuff is, is good, but it is not the meat and potatoes. It's the parsley. And actually, in this case, they have improved the quality of the parsley. So... It's everybody calm down. It's, it's okay. But Anne, what if I don't like parsley? <laughs> Holy mother church says, eat your parsley and go to confession. That sounds like a show open. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I almost forgot what this is about talking about random notes in my, or, or bullet points in my notes. Can you believe it? Yeah, Justin Bieber apparently had a fun reaction from a jab. Oh dear. Yeah, he he and his wife both. His his wife had bad blood clots and it put her in the hospital. And now he's got maybe permanent permanent facial paralysis and it's it's obvious that the two of them went and got got themselves poisoned at the same time and they got a hot batch. And it's it's just absolutely astounding to watch the news media they have to say something because you know he's publicly released this and there's you know video clips of him and his face is is paralyzed and the news media just well nobody can nobody has any idea what's what could have possibly possibly caused well, this 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 does this does happen one in every x million people this this does happen and just the the bending over backwards and people going along with it you know i mean yeah there are some people who are replying in comment threads or on twitter or whatever you know saying it's clearly the death injection uh but the, the extent to which the, the news media, and e even now, even after all of this, it's still breathtaking to watch. And I don't know, in, in, a, in a certain sense, it's sad, but also in a certain sense, I mean, it's, I, I, you have, I, I don't want to be completely without empathy, um, but at a certain point, it's just, it was it's been obvious from the beginning that these injections were poisonous and anybody at this point who is continuing to get these injections it's it's just almost impossible to summon up feelings of of sympathy for adults you know what i feel bad for is kids and no justin justin bieber and his wife are both in their 20s but they're not kids they're adults they freely chose to do this um, is he the, still in his twenties? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's probably only twenty six. Right? He was a little. He was a little kid. He was a prepubescent, you know, pedophile's dream when he started. So, okay, I just seems like he's been around for a long time, and I didn't, I didn't realize he, he started. I didn't realize he started that young because I never had any interest interest in his music at all. So, no, I, I think he's awful. But um, yeah, I think he was probably eleven or so when he started. So that's 15 years. Yeah. I think he's 26. 
something like that. Can you and, imagine um, being a washed up musician act at 25? I, yeah, I know. It's, it's rough. That's <laughs> rough. Goodness. So what do you do? Shrug your shoulders and at, at a certain point you just have to, you know, you remember our Lord's words, let the dead bury the dead. I mean, if you, if you don't get it at this point that these things are poisonous, I, again, I can't, I really can't stir up too much empathy for you if you're an adult. Sad to say, sad to say. Sad to say, yep. Speaking of somebody who didn't start at 11, the Queen of England has hit 70 years on the throne. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what I saw. Yeah, yeah, she sure did. And uh, it's, been, it's been a horrible 70 years. She has, she has been on the throne, overseen, signed off, and while even claiming to be the quote-unquote Pope of the Anglican Church, over complete and total societal collapse. And I, I mean, I hate to be a, I hate to be a downer and hate to be, you know, talking about a 96 year old woman whose, whose days are clearly numbered, but um, she signed off on the ratification and legalization of divorce, sodomy, um, abortion, contraception, euthanasia, um, my one of my real big things with her was when uh, what was the little boy's name? Alfie, Alfie Evans. Evans. Alfie Evans. She could have picked up the phone. The Italians had given that baby citizenship. They said we've we've put it through. He's an Italian citizen. It's done. Which is funny because it just proves about you know Italians and bureaucracy. They have one of the most, it, their bureaucracy is awful. It's second only to to India. But the other side of it is is that it's also it's also sufficiently corrupt that when there's an emergency situation that yeah they can they can give a little boy in the UK within a matter of hours full Italian citizenship. They can just plow through their own corrupt bureaucracy. The Italians gave that baby citizenship and said we'll send a plane just get him down here get him down here and we'll take it from here she could have picked up the phone and she could have saved that baby's life and she didn't do it why 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 would you not do that and you hear all these anglophiles and they're always trying to defend her and you say well, you don't understand she's a, she's a constitutional monarch. You don't understand her power and, and the limitations that she has and so on and so forth. And I'm like, okay, then what in the hell is the point of the whole thing? Why are these people billionaires and living like billionaires? Why, why are the taxpayers funding her degenerate, degenerate children including including her second son who was also her favorite who also happens to be a pedophile why, why is everybody in the uk supporting this with their tax dollars you say she's the queen she's the queen she's the queen and then you turn around and in in literally the same breath well she can't do anything well then what the hell's the point what is the point it's it's ridiculous and she has been on the throne and overseen the complete and total dissolving and implosion of the British Empire. This has all happened on her watch. L look at what the British Empire was when she was crowned and look at what it is now. It's, uh, it's one of the most thorough 
implosions of a power structure in human history, plus, plus the moral degradation that she has as one of her titles is defender of the faith, head of the church and defender of the faith. She literally holds herself out and go, goes along with the fact that she in her person is essentially the Pope of the Anglican church. That's what all of that was and Henry VIII and all of that garbage was. It was making the, the sovereign of England the Pope of the church in, in England. Okay, you've signed off on every form of moral depravity that there is and your family's a train wreck to, to just confirm all of this. Sorry, I'm, I'm not enthusiastic. She has a tremendous amount to answer for. I, I, I view her very similarly to um, Pope Benedict, you know, in a certain sense. You, you're, Pope Benedict is 95, she's 96. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff that you're personally responsible for, bad stuff. You, you need to get right. If she's going to convert and she's going to enter the church, she needs to do it. And she needs to do it publicly. There are rumors that her mother converted, but not publicly. They're just rumors. Um, and there, there's some, from what I've heard, it's, it's credible. It's not, it's not just silliness. It's not wishful thinking amongst Catholics. There's credible evidence that her mother converted. She is who she is. She needs to publicly repent of this train wreck that she has been at the head of and gone along with. Pope Benedict, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. If you're going to take on the responsibility and you're going to accept the Petrine office, which he did and which he continues to hold to this day, you know, the, the other side of that is, is you're going you're gonna to stand before Christ um, as not, not only as a priest and as a bishop, but Pope Benedict is going to stand before him, um, is going to stand before our Lord, you know, as have, as having been the vicar of Christ on earth, he won't be when he dies or, you know, when he, uh, if he were to ever, um, validly resign, but he, he has been, and he continues to be right now, um, the vicar of Christ on earth. So he's going to have to stand before our Lord and answer for all of that. Good grief. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you fix this? Why didn't you fix that? And of course, don't get me started on the mess that he's made with his, with his fake resignation. Um, uh, you know, failed resignation, I should say. This, this, this substantially erroneous nonsense about, well, I'm going to be the contemplative pope, and there'll, but there will be another pope who's the active pope, and I've fundamentally transformed the office of the papal, papacy into a collegial synodal office, thus demythologizing it. Well, you're going to have to answer for that. Why didn't you do X, Y, and Z? Why did you give hats to this sodomite, this sodomite, this sodomite, this heretic, that heretic? Why didn't you, why didn't you dissolve... Um, the the legionaries of christ why didn't you do that that's the thing when you when you ascend into these positions of of massive power which being the vicar of christ as as a monarch the monarch of monarchs on earth you know you're taking on the responsibility and you're gonna have to answer for what you did and what you did not do 
Um, and it's the same thing in a certain sense, obviously not as not as severe, but it's still very, very, very severe with Queen Elizabeth. She's gonna have to answer for all of this. And I, I just can't get enthusiastic about, oh, you know, nice old lady. You know, nice old lady signed off on abortion. She signed off on abortion. She signed off on sodomite marriage. How can, how can you, how can you say, oh, nice old lady? And, and would you sign off on that? Would you sign a document saying, I ratify sodomite marriage? I ratify euthanasia. Would you ever in a million years, you listener right now, would you sign a document saying I ratify this? Well, she did. Um, so these people, they need our prayers because they've done, they've done horrible things. They're responsible. The, the, the dynamic of sins of omission for people like that is just, it's horrifying. And it's, it's why, Boy, taking on offices like that is a is a terrifying proposition, and it's a massive responsibility because you're going to have to answer for all that. And Pope Benedict's the the story that um, uh, Bishop Fillet said. Bishop Fillet went to visit Pope Benedict, you know, while Pope Benedict was still engaging in the active governance of the church, and they were sitting in Pope Benedict's office in the Apostolic Palace, and Bishop Fillet asked Pope Benedict. Why, why don't you just, and this is before some more pontificum, why don't you just, you know, liberate the mass? Why don't you, why don't you fix the liturgy? Why don't you just do these things? And Pope Benedict said to Bishop Fillet, he pointed to the door, he pointed to the door of the office in the apostolic palace that they were sitting in, and Pope Benedict said, my authority ends at that door. That is incorrect, that is false, and Pope Benedict is going to have to answer for that. So he needs our prayers. Queen Elizabeth needs our prayers because the you know time is ticking on both of them. Like and the clock is loud, you know, it's the grandfather clock echoing echoing in the hall for both of them. They need our prayers. They need our prayers because they have both they have both had failures in in their capacity, in their role, in their office, and they need our prayers desperately. And during this month of the Sacred Heart, it's good to reflect on the uh, the twelve promises of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. If you have devotion, and do, do you want to run through that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I've got the website pulled up with this. It uh, the first promise: I will give them. I'm talking about anybody, anybody who has devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I will give them all the graces necessary in their state of life. Wow. <laughs> okay, if that was the only promise, that would be <laughs> yeah. that'd be awesome just by itself. Yep. Yep. Second promise, I will establish peace in their homes. <sighs> Queen Elizabeth, pick up the white courtesy telephone. Good grief. Number 3, I will comfort them in all of their afflictions. Yep. Number 4, oh. Pope Benedict, pick up the white courtesy phone. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Number four, I will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's awesome to have the, the help of, of, of all the saints in heaven. It's even more awesome to have the help of, of Our Lady, you know, covering you in her mantle uh, as you're going to the judgment. Um Sorry, he doesn't get any better than infinite protection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if Christ himself yeah. is, is protecting you at the, at, the, at the moment of death, ain't nobody yeah. going to hurt you. Yep. 
Uh, five, I will bestow abundant blessings upon all of their undertakings. <laughs> King of France, had he had he yeah. consecrated France to the Sacred Heart, it was promised military victories against all their enemies. Mm-hmm. Rather than being, yep. rather than having the the reputation the French military has now, they would have been um, different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it would have it would have made the the con the, the the achievements of the Romans look look pitiful in comparison. Yeah. Oh wow! Imagine that. Okay. Six sinners will find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. Mm. Once again, infinite. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't get any better than that. And and especially if you are somebody who has done a lot of sinning or has a lot to answer for, an mm-hmm. infinite. Ocean of mercy. Mm-hmm. Seven, lukewarm souls shall become fervent. Mm. And if there's something we have a high supply of these days, there's a lot of lukewarm mm-hmm. souls. Yep. And that, sadly, one could argue that that applies to Pope Benedict. My authority ends at that door. Well, that's a, that's a species of lukewarmness, it seems to me. There's also a terrible anecdote about there was a... There was a woman who worked in the Vatican for years and years and years, and she was German, and she was like the official translator, um, the official German translator in the Vatican, and she was Lutheran, and she went to Pope Benedict while he was um, uh, exercising the active governance of the church, and she said, I, do, you, do you think I should convert? And he told her no, <laughs> and he told her no. He said, no, you, you're you're better off and you're doing good just staying a Lutheran as you are. And she died in 2014 and she died as a Lutheran. Now tell me how that isn't a species of lukewarmness. He needs our prayers. Hopefully it's only lukewarmness in that case. Yeah, indeed. Or sadly speaking too, um, how many Catholic parishes would somebody actually be worse off than staying Lutheran? Oh, that's ooh, man, write that down. That's a that's a that's an entire show right there debating that. Oh man. Okay, so number seven, lukewarm souls shall become fervent. Eight, mm-hmm. fervent souls shall mount to high perfection. Should no, shall mm. quickly mount to high perfection. Wow. Wow. Doesn't matter how long you've been doing things wrong, through the grace of the sacred heart. You'll find an infinite ocean of mercy. If you're lukewarm, you become fervent. If you're fervent, you mount to high perfection quickly. Wow. And we're not even done yet. Yeah. Number nine, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. Yay! I've got one hanging over my bed. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pious devotion uh, that if you, you know, move into houses uh, or whatever you move from one house to the next, it's... Uh, I, when my wife, when my family and I moved into the house we're in now, the the first item that that came in was the crucifix and the 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 pictures of our of Our Lady and and the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think we had a priest that day do the consecration, but uh, it was one of the highest priority things to have have the consecration of, of the Sacred Heart in the house, the mm-hmm. whole house blessed. Um, yes, def- definitely display and honor. Uh, the image of the Sacred Heart, and mean it, too. And it might not be a bad idea. Um, I had an occasion to 
visited about this with someone recently, Car carry an image of the Sacred Heart with you when you travel and you have to stay in hotel rooms or Airbnbs, because obviously you can't, you can't call a priest in to bless your hotel room in most cases. But I mean, not to be gross, but at this point, it's a foregone conclusion that horrific, horrific, horrific sins against the Sixth Commandment have gone on in that room and probably within a matter of days or hours. Um, so one thing that you can do is carry an image of the Sacred Heart with you and set it up in the hotel room with you when you have to stay in a hotel or an Airbnb. Or at an absolute minimum, a, 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 a rosary with a nice crucifix that you can, you can hang. Mm-hmm, 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 yep. Okay, number 10, I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. Which makes me wonder how many how many priests really push the devotion to the Sacred Heart, or I shouldn't say push, but promote. Mm -hmm. That's perhaps we need more of that. I don't know. How, how many priests are even Catholic at this point? <laughs> I mean, not to be, I feel like Debbie Downer here. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eleven: okay. Those who shall promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart. Mm. I didn't, that's not why I read this list, but that, that's a good reminder. <laughs> put, put it in the show notes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, I already wrote this down. These are, these are going in the show notes. And, and, I, and I mentioned earlier in the, the podcast, uh, the, the listener who, who has the Sacred Heart flags, that is a, I don't know if that counts as, as, as um, an image for, for devotion to the Sacred Heart. Just have them both. I mean, it's, it's not, not that hard. It's definitely a better flag to fly during, during June anyway. Mm -hmm. um, number 12. I promise you in the in the excessive mercy of my heart that my all-powerful love will grant to all those who receive Holy Communion on the first Fridays of nine consecutive months the grace of final perseverance. They shall not die in my disgrace, nor without receiving the sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in the last moment. Mm -hmm. This is the, the, the promise of the nine first Fridays. And if you're not familiar mm -hmm. with that, it's... Uh, going going to mass and and communion on nine consecutive first Fridays, you um, I will have more details about this in the show notes because I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, I think I did this twice while I was still before I graduated from high school and I've done it once again. It's it's one of these things you you will never uh, exhaust the the infinite graces that that Christ can give you and it. it if you if you have the attitude of I did the nine first Fridays once I never have to do it again it's like telling your spouse I told you once I love you I don't have to tell I told it again. you I love you once yeah exactly exactly and people might be saying well that that sounds like superstition and all that no it's our Lord just bending over backwards to just do anything that He can for us you know just avenue after avenue after avenue, you know, source of grace after source of grace after source of grace. It's not superstition. It's just, it's just his infinite goodness. It's another manifestation of his infinite love. And those are the 12 promises. Yep. Very, right. very consoling and very powerful mm -hmm. promises. Indeed. Indeed. All right, sir. Should um, we wrap her up? My last bullet point is what else? What else? Is what else? <laughs> Question mark. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I've, I've got nothing else at the moment. I mean, All right. It, 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 seems, it seems like there should be twice as many things to talk about since it has been quite a while. But 
um, with with luck, we'll we'll do this again. Hopefully, no more than two weeks out, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see. I mean, it's yep. there's a, a, a confluence of events for this week that that made it possible for me to record tonight, and who knows, maybe mm-hmm. even Friday night as well. We'll we'll see if we have enough for a financial Friday. I haven't done one of those in a long time. Yeah, it's been um, a while. Well, you do, you do what you have to do, family first, always, and be assured of my prayers and all of the prayers of the listenership. But this is i tell you this all the time this is this is a this is down the ladder of priorities in your life my friend and i'm eternally grateful to you for as much as you for all that you do oh and i don't i don't want to be remiss and and forget uh to say thank you to the to the uh, folks who did email in specifically to let let me know they're they're praying for my family i, I greatly appreciate that and and obviously it, it's it's impossible to fully state the the power of prayer and and mm-hmm. um, and we my, won't my, know until my, the general judgment. <laughs> we're going to be. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my ability to fully say thanks will never be, um, a, you know, fully realized or appropriately realized in this world. But thank you, and and I will do my best to return return the prayers as well. Very good. All right. And with that, I can go into the wrap up if I can find it in my notes. <laughs> I've got I've got the my bullet points written three times for some dumb reason and and I've I've lost place other oh, days. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we did the podcast. The email address of the podcast where you can send feedback, comments, suggestions, or ideas for how to keep my notes organized better. Just please don't mm. say Microsoft OneNote. The email address is podcast at barnhart.biz. Anne expresses her profound gratitude to her benefactors and at least one mass one traditional Catholic Latin mass is said every single day for her benefactors plus there is a traditional catholic latin requiem mass said for everybody who died the previous week uh please pray for the priests um please in, in, in another idea here too and, and i think i've mentioned this before ask ask the priests if you can pray on their behalf it's called prayers of agency um not that your prayers are more powerful than a priest but if you offer prayers in, in honor of the sacred heart or do devotions to the sacred heart on behalf of them it the, the power given through the Sacred Heart to priests to touch souls and, and to effect conversions are, is massively powerful. So mm-hmm. that's an idea um, for, for helping out the priest. It's not just, just not just passively praying for them, but say, Father, may I specifically get your permission to pray for you? I can't think of a single priest who would say, well, actually, no, unfortunately, I can think of some priests who would say yeah, no. But, I can't, but those are the yeah. ones who need it the most, darn it. Do it. Pray for them anyway. And uh, it also, what, what that also means is if you do that, then you're proactively they know and they're hearing um just any sort of sentiment of gratitude from people um and believe it or not a lot of them a lot of them never hear anybody say thank you you know they're a lot of them are just completely taken for granted so if you ask them to pray for them you are actually it that is a form of gratitude and they're hearing it and they (laughs) they know don't take it don't assume that they know um because a lot of, a lot of them feel like that they're just complete doormats, you know, and a lot of them are treated by doormats, especially by their bishops. So there you go. Well, the vocation of the priesthood is to be an altar Christus, another Christ, and Christ was crucified and yes, by his own people. So <laughs> priests, yes. mm-hmm. priests get to experience this, unfortunately. And and uh, if, if you're a priest not getting crucified by your own people, you might be doing something wrong or mm. things, things, either that or you've got just an absolutely wonderful parish, one or the other. I'm, I'm not sure which, but yeah. um, I'm not sitting in judgment of priests. I'm just being a smart aleck with, with, with retelling that story. 
Um, yes, please pray for the priests. And also don't forget that uh, the podcast has a patron, St. Tiny Princess. Um, mm-hmm. Got a couple emails referencing her as, as well. Um, I would like to discuss that, but it would probably break um, confidentiality. So I won't, I won't talk that talk about that. But don't forget okay. that that she is a patron of the podcast and definitely definitely pray to her. Mm-hmm. The podcast, the Barnhart podcast is a value for value podcast, which means if you found some value in listening to this uh, and you would like to return some value, please go to supernerdmedia.com and you can find links for how to do that there. Of course, given the the way the economy is going right now, no big deal. If nobody, uh, if you can't afford that. Um, somebody made the comment I mentioned last time is like, don't st- stop spending money on food. Go buy ammo. Um, the, it, it's definitely <laughs> still prepping time. And, and if you haven't prepped yet, um, now's a really good time to do it. it it's, I was talking with somebody about, uh, guns and firearms recently. And, uh, I was making the offhanded comments like, man, I should have stocked up on stuff 15 years ago. And he said, yeah, the, the two best times to have bought uh, guns and ammo is 10 years ago. And right now. So if yep. you, ha- if you haven't, gotten on the stick with with um getting getting some things lined up and prepped and and i'm not fully there yet i mean i think we've got a few months of food at this point um but some of the sanitation stuff that i was talking about digging holes in the backyard somebody emailed in with a much much better suggestion it's five gallon buckets with the toilet lids you put on it and then you you combine things like um uh, cat litter and also uh, bags that are designed for this task uh, so mm. it's a it's a heavy durable plastic bag, and um, you, you some you you can actually use it for for composting. Now I don't know if I want to go that far with it, but mm-hmm. the, the whole point of of being able to um, take care of your business in a, in a covert yeah. manner without going and digging holes in your yard. If we are yeah. in a situation where we have a real grid down situation or complete logistics breakdown. Um, Going and building a latrine in your backyard, first off, it's very unsanitary. It's within 100 feet of your house or 100 yards. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in a suburban area, it's probably not a great idea. This, this is the area mm-hmm. where if, you, if, you, if you've got the means, buy some land a little further out. Um, of course, mm-hmm. it, you may be fighting BlackRock to, for stuff that's selling for way over market rate yeah. at this point. But yep. Anyway. But remember, remember, guys, the improvement in human health in the 20th century. Yes, there was the invention of antibiotics and all that. And uh, some people might say, well, also vaccines. Um, But really, statistically, if you look at the the um, improvement in human health and lifespan and the reduction in illness and look at what it maps to perfectly, it is water cleanliness. And when you talk about water cleanliness, you're talking about sewage management. So um, don't think that, you know, just because you live in the magic dirt of the former United States that, you know, these horrible diseases that people used to get, uh, that it can't happen or malaria can't happen or anything like that. It's all a function of water cleanliness. And water cleanliness is largely a function of um, waste management. So, yeah. That's, it's a huge, huge, huge priority. Yeah, clean water is a big deal, and cleaning with water is a big deal too. You're talking about um, the uh, clean or, or disease control. It reminds me of uh, the the book, the Checklist Manifesto, which was written by a doctor, and he he was the typical egotistical doctor who says, "I don't need a stinking checklist to remind me of what to do before surgery," but ends up that following a checklist saved somebody's life. So he's a big believer of it. But one of the examples he mentioned was. Uh, just simply 
having a regimen where where doctors have to go through a thorough, it's essentially a ritual uh, or a ceremony of how they wash and scrub before doing surgery mm-hmm. keeps people from getting infected. It it it, it basically wipes out a, a lot of the the death from sepsis that came about because doctors brought the disease to the to the person because they didn't sterilize or sanitize properly. Um, doctors used to yell at people for washing their hands. I mean, the it's it's hard to believe that that's true, but it's it within the last goodness, you know, 150 years or so, they would they would yell at people for washing too much or washing their hands. It's uh, it's it's unbelievable, but that's the way human beings lived not until not too terribly long ago. I'm trying to pull up. Oh, Dest- is it Destiny of the Republic? Darn it. it! It's a book that I read just recently about one of the one of the presidents who was shot and killed. But it took yeah several McKinley, McKinley maybe it was several months between when when he was shot and when he died, and it wasn't yes. the bullet that mm-hmm. killed him. It was um, no. it, it was the infection that might have actually been from the moment he was shot at the train station, or actually within an hour afterwards, of a doctor sticking his finger in into the wound looking for the bullet, and yeah. and there were. Lots and lots of Civil War uh, survivors who had been shot, and what happens is the bullet gets in, the body just kind of puts a, a cyst around it, and the body then grows and develops. And and that the the later autopsies revealed that the bullet was in such a location he would have survived just fine, except that he ended up mm-hmm. getting infected and died of a of, of <laughs> died died of sepsis from from infection. So yeah, yep. This tangent was yep. way off of the whole idea of if you <laughs> if you have other money to spend on don't I'm, don't worry about uh, returning value. There's there's there are other valuable ways. Prayers. Um, yes. Say a, say a rosary for us. That that that'll that'll go a long way as well. And circling back, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Um, guys, you need to be responsible stewards in this time of your money and of your financial resources. I've said this before. In fact, I think that you've still got that big red uh, notice on every podcast. If you are giving me money, if you have a recurring donation set up, anything like that, and you need to pause that, stop that, you know, if you need every cent you can get in order to pay for gas, et cetera, et cetera, then do it cancel pause log in to continue to give whatever it is i am just about the lowest priority for anybody giving money to anyone under any circumstances so if you need to pause or cancel do not hesitate to do so don't think i'm going to be mad don't think i'm going to be fuming over this or any anything if i see a if i see a uh, continue to give notice of uh, recurring donation cancellation come through or a notice of recurring donation pause come through, I actually think, oh, thank goodness. I'm glad that person did that. Uh, maybe they might need the money. So thank thank goodness they did that. And be very, very wary and very suspicious of anybody who is trying to guilt trip you and um, and say, well, if you're not giving me money, then then you're not a good Christian or anything like that. You want to talk about a red flag. That's about as big of a red flag as there is. You've got these dark days. People have just had their lives. A lot of people have had their lives and livelihoods destroyed by the COVID-19 scam. 
gas is is going through the roof it, food inflation is going through the roof anybody who's trying to tell you who's trying to browbeat you for money or guilt trip you for not giving them money red flag all the way up the pole turn around run away and don't ever look back it, that's just about as bad as it gets so just a little reminder there everybody absolutely what she said yep <laughs> But in that in that vein, though, I do want to thank the uh, the donors who did send something in since the last time. Pamela, who says, Super Nerd, and God bless you and keep you well. Yes, please. Uh, and also to Kenneth, and uh, those were via the mailbox, and then Timothy via Amazon. Um, nobody via Bitcoin. Uh, if, you hold, if you're holding Bitcoin right now, you're not holding as much uh, money anymore, so unfortunately. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm still convinced that this is something where I, I see what the Bitcoin uh, true believers are on about, and I don't think they're mm-hmm. entirely wrong with the idea of a stable medium of exchange that can't be inflated. But again, think about who you're competing with at that point, and these people don't play fair. Yeah. So from that perspective, that's why I can't buy into it. Yeah, I, I get your, your aspect of it's it's digital currency. What do you do when the, when the, when the internet goes out? The dollar, when we did the, you mentioned the um, the Bitcoin series, and I wrote it down in the notes. I'm going to put that in the links. But I remember one of the stats I came up with was 90 to 95% of the money supply at that point was already digital only. Yes. So we have yes. a digital currency called yeah, the U.S. dollar do. already. And that mm-hmm. was before Trump put $2.5 trillion out there and and, um, and Brandon yep. said, oh, I can do that too. So mm-hmm. our, our expansion of the balance sheet at this point is just so make-believe that uh, in terms of fiscal soundness, Bitcoin can make a solid argument. The problem is, who are you competing with? And mm-hmm. they're ruthless and they don't play fair. So that's, that's uh, and, the- and like all things, like all systems, it's the foundation that's built upon is fundamental morality too. And if you've got a culture like we have now, where fundal, there's a dearth of just fundamental morality, then you're you're going to have problems. So yeah, I mean, on paper. It's, it's, it's almost, it's, I can almost hear people saying, well, it's the same argument that people make about communism, you know, it just, it just hasn't been done right yet. <laughs> well, we're in a fallen world and there's original sin and I don't know. Uh, I, I am highly, highly skeptical of all of it in, in this world, in this time and place. So. Yep. That wraps up my my bit about uh, value for value and thanking donors, which brings us to Matthew seventeen twenty. Keep praying, guys. Keep praying. Keep praying. Fourfold intention: the Matthew seventeen twenty intention. Item number one: that Bergoglio be publicly recognized and removed as anti-pope, and the whole thing be nullified. That Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living pope since April of two thousand five, whether he likes it or not that um, Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace, and someday achieve the beatific vision, and this is possible. I've said this for years. He could, he could be the anti-Judas Iscariot. It's possible. The, if he's the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist, it's possible that he could repent and be the anti-Judas Iscariot in the, in the, the economy of salvation. It's possible if nobody's praying for him, then why do we expect that he would do that? And finally, that Pope Benedict Ratzinger repent of whatever he needs to repent of, that he die in a state of grace and someday someday achieve the beatific vision. Nothing less will do. Our Lady of Fatima, 
pray for us, Our Lady of Copacabana, Slayer of the Pachamama Demon. Pray for pray us. Pray for us. As long as the wrap-up has gone on, I know Supermom's not going to be happy about this. We might as well just pick up a new, new topic and talk for another 10 minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> okay. Until next time, I am Super Nerd. And I'm Ann. Thanks, guys. God bless. Queen Elizabeth, pick up the white courtesy telephone. Good grief.